Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everyone. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and we're going to talk today about a topic that's pretty near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about is your exercise or yoga routine helping or hindering your pregnancy and birth? So I'm coming to this topic from a really personal experience, um, mainly from the experience I had with my first pregnancy. Things very much were different from my second, and I am a believer that our biggest obstacles and challenges, and I don't necessarily want to use failure, but I do feel that kind of applies to me in a sense for this situation, can teach us a lot, and that is what happened during my first pregnancy and birth. So my background. Um, As a performer and just a person that's been very active, uh, exercise, movement, body image, that kind of weird menagerie of the three, um, a big place in my life. I was the kind of person, and I I somewhat have stepped away from that. I think having kids has uh, lessened the time I could focus on myself, but I was the kind of person that if I didn't exercise in a couple days, I was grumpy, I was just kind of feeling gross in my body. And the crazy thing is, you know, a 30-minute, 40-minute, hour-long ride on my bike or trip to the gym or really good yoga class could completely change how I felt I looked, how I felt about myself. So before that workout or yoga class, I would literally look in the mirror and see one thing and then afterwards see another. So I know a lot of this was in my head. And the reason I'm saying this is because I feel a lot of women out there can relate And if you're a healthy woman and you don't have that mindset, then that's amazing. And I, and I strive for that, but I do feel that for the most part, many women are pretty hard on themselves about body image and especially when it comes to pregnancy. And that in itself is riddled with a lot of anxiety for many weight gain, body changes, and how one identifies with their body. And I had a hard time surrendering and slowing down during my first pregnancy, um, admittedly, I was kind of that crazy person that I now laugh at. Uh, I was on the spin bike five days a week. I literally was dressed in my spin clothes the morning my labor started. And I remember for the 9 a.m. class thinking, well, if my contractions stop, I'm just going to try to hit the 10 or 11 o'clock class. And they didn't, and I had a baby. But, you know, that's how obsessed I was. And I kept going to yoga classes. And even though I modified, now in hindsight, I can see that the modifications weren't nearly enough because I really damaged my body. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes, but what happened from the repercussion of keeping up a a pre-pregnancy physical routine in the gym as well as yoga class. 
And, you know, truthfully, it comes down to, I just didn't want to gain a lot of weight and I just wanted to have the cute little belly bump and, and my arms and legs and face the same, which it did. And that did happen, but at, at a price, at a big price. So as I mentioned, I didn't slow down and I have what my friend and colleague called, and not that I certainly was this, my friend and colleague, um, Pamela Morrison, she's really an amazing physical therapist. And I, I look at her as the magic wand that kind of put me back together as like Humpty Dumpty. And she put me back together after, and she refers to these type of bodies as hard bodies. They're not balanced and supple and they don't allow for the body to open and to change the way the pregnant body does. And I suspect that's why my first labor was so hard. So kind of looking at the bigger picture, I went into my first labor thinking I was going to have a really easy experience. This is what I teach. This is what I do. I was physically fit. My mom had an easy birth with me, although I was the second. And it turned out not to be that whatsoever. Um, my son was head down, not posterior, meaning that his spine wasn't towards my spine because truthfully, I could never have gone the length of my labor I did if I had back labor. The problem was he was asynclitic, and that means that instead of his chin evenly tucking into his chest, his head was slightly tipped. And that can happen. So these long labors that you often hear of, it's often baby's malpositioned. And what we suspect for me was that from all the spinning and all the work I kept doing, my pelvic floor was chronically tight and misaligned, and my psoas muscles, that those hip flexors, were so tight, again, from all that spinning. And even though I stretched, I don't think I, I did enough, and I think that led to the baby being malpositioned. Also, I come into this because I did have years of a dance background, so there's a lot of lift and tight. And there is a, a yoga teacher, Leslie Howard, that talks about the situation of chronically tight. And I think the statistics she gives that 40% of women have this hypertonic pelvic floor. And when that happens, instead of the pelvic floor being bouncy and trampoline-like, having support and suppleness and give, mine was so tight that it kept my son from being positioned well. Now I know that had I relaxed a little more, worked with that a little bit more, maybe things would have changed. I also know had I been in a hospital setting, hands down, I would have had a cesarean because they would have said, you know, baby's too big or failure to progress. And I just needed the time and the relax of the pelvis. And I've seen as a doula, I've seen clients like this. And usually they're really fit women. And we've had many of the ballerinas in the area come here and that's often their problem too. So I do think that my reluctance and resistance to let my body change and to accept led to that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And what's kind of crazy as well is I had a really great team lined up. And again, I don't fault them at all because I don't think any of us really took the time to look at the bigger picture. But I had a home birth midwife. I had a wonderful OB. I had a doula. I had been doing this for years. And I don't think any of us 
took into consideration what my body's position was, how the pelvis was, what I was doing beyond seeing these people for, you know, my checkups and what I do for a living. And the end result was that I did have a really hard birth and I'm fortunate that I had the vaginal birth I wanted, but it was definitely at a cost. The pushing took a very long time. We had to relax and open and my midwife's extremely patient my son's heart rate never dropped into a dangerous zone. I think it stayed around 125 the whole time. My blood pressure was great. But as a result of that very long pushing stage, my pelvic floor really had some problems after. And I definitely think the diastasis that I had, the separation of the rectus abdominals, can, can, can directly contribute to too much. And I didn't do deep back bends, but I did all these upper back bends. I think caused the hernia at the upper belly. And I was still doing a lot of plank. And now I recognize that the abdominal engagement with the weight of the baby in a prone position facing downward and plank caused that diastasis as well. And so now my whole purpose for talking about this is to hopefully inspire others to take a closer look at what they're doing in their exercise program in their yoga and now this has definitely changed the way I teach so after my little Humpty Dumpty experience of Pamela putting me back together I look at the whole asana practice differently so my focus for the prenatal is about creating balance in the pelvic floor as well as approaching the transverse abdominals in different ways. The transverse abdominals are your deepest layer of abdominals. They're the, the fourth layer. So you have your rectus, kind of that six-pack, your external obliques, your internal obliques, and then your transversus. And they run around like a corset. So now we focus it a lot more on the breath to engage the transversus. So now I'm focusing on how can the work we do in class directly support a woman having a healthier and easier birth. So, of course, the asanas can still be challenging because that's a whole other uh, way that we work to prepare for labor, you know, the physical, the stamina, the coping mechanisms. But at the same time, I want to make sure that the poses that we're doing in class have an intention to help the mom have a better birth. And we're going to talk, I'm going to do a whole other podcast with either Solange or Leslie from Functional Pelvis about the repercussions of the pelvic floor issues and the diastasis. But just understanding that when we're approaching our practice, it's really about creating a pathway for a healthy body, healthy mom. We also now, um, we're referring a lot more to women to go to PTs or to chiropractors to make sure everything's well balanced. And again, it comes back to that intention. When you're, folk, when you're bringing yourself to your practice, why are you doing this pose? Who is it for? Does it really make you feel good? Or is it just more like, wow, I'm so glad I could still do that pose? And is it benefiting you and baby? Is it leading to a more stable and supportive body? And one thing I don't think we always think about is, because you hear this a lot from care providers saying, as long as you did it before pregnancy, keep going, you can do it. But I don't think that's really taking and honoring that there's anatomical and physiological changes that every pregnant body is going to go through. You're still going to have the hormones relaxing and more progesterone and more estrogen, which is going to make the body more supple and more prone to injury. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that people could be doing that's really hindering their birth. 
And again, I was this person. So as I rant about it and I talk about it, I'm recognizing that there's a great emotional challenge to letting go and surrendering. I was there. So I'm trying to use my wisdom and my path to invite others to see maybe you don't have to go through that. So again, getting on those spin bikes. Um, I know a lot of places saying, oh, you can keep doing it, just keep raising the, the handlebars, you're sitting more upright. So I think that there's a lot of tightening of the psoas and pelvic floor issues. So I reached out to my friend Pamela, and I asked her about spin classes as well as bar classes. Because, hey, I love a good bar class. I absolutely feel great afterwards. But so much of it's focused on external rotation, and the pregnant body's already getting that kind of weird waddle situation going on because the glutes are tightening, because the lower back is more swaying. So all of these are absolutely appropriate for the pregnant body, but then we often exacerbate it with folk, with forced external rotation in bar classes. So this is what she said, and I just wanted to share this. Several of my patients continuing spin during the latter phase of pregnancy have come in with, and this is in quotes, hard body, as opposed to soft and supple, which is why the hormone relaxant is dominant, to soften the ligaments, tendons, and muscles to ease for labor and delivery. The spinning in upright or off the bike requires excessive use of the pelvic floor to stabilize the core creating a tensing or tightening. Excessive biting also, biking also requires a lot of work to be done by the psoas muscles, one of the major hip flexors, also feeding into tightness. And so I also asked her a little bit about the idea of the external rotation in the bar classes. And this is what she had to say about that. The use of accessory hip rotators to strengthening the pelvic floor muscles in the incontinent population is common. Thus, I agree that during bar classes, if the technique is being used, it could potentially over-strengthen the pelvic floor muscles. That said, though those that are experiencing continent episodes may benefit from this approach if the pelvic floor needs support. However, too much of this can cause overuse and lead to tightening shortened pelvic floor muscles, making labor and delivery more difficult. So I wanted to share that because it's not about stopping it completely, but maybe modifying or looking again, is there another option for exercise that could more support and prepare the body? So that's my little take on things like spin classes and bar. Now I want to talk a little bit about the love of my life, yoga. So one of my students recently sent me some social media pictures of women doing these crazy backbends inversions that while they look really cool and most of the comments there was a lot of likes and hearts and comments like so good so great glad you can keep doing this you're amazing eight months pregnant still doing this I think it's feeding into the frenzy that we shouldn't slow down and accept the pregnant body changing because pregnancy is it's a pathway to major change in your life and again, I'm there, I was there, I didn't surrender too well. So again, kind of drawing back from the bumpy road of healing, if we as women cannot necessarily support keeping the pre-pregnancy routine and honoring that these deep backbends can really have create issues with a mom postpartum. The more the mom backbends and opens those rectus abdominal muscles, the more likelihood that she's not going to be able to bring them back so well after. That the linea alba, that fascia between the two sides, is going to lose its tension and ability 
to help close the abdominals up. And then the woman that had this great advanced practice perhaps will take even longer to get back to. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. And again, I'm going to bring Solange or Leslie to talk about how the abdominals support the core, support the pelvic floor, and if the abdominals are so open, it's going to lead to pelvic floor problems, and it's just snowballing into effects after. Now, the chance of this next thing happening, rare, but let's just talk about it. These deep, deep, deep back bends, if the mom has an anterior placenta, meaning the placenta is in the front of the uterus, if she keeps stretching and stretching and stretching and stretching, it can actually lead to placental abruption, which is extremely dangerous. So that kind of goes back to the whole idea of what's the intention behind the practice. Why are you doing that deep back bend or arm balance that has the potential to fall, or especially arm balance when you're upside down for a lot? If we're trying to get baby head down, keep your pelvis down more. Who is this pose for? Who is this deep back bend for? Who is this social media for? Is it benefiting you and baby? Is it creating a more stable and supportive body? And again, are you really honoring the changes of the pregnant body and this path to a new place in your life? So those are my thoughts about when you approach your yoga or your exercise routine, doing it in a really mindful way. I have a quote a little bit of information from one of the moms that we've worked with, and it's really beautiful, so I want to share this. The way I practice transformed into something I hadn't anticipated. Something changed when you become responsible for the growth of a pure and innocent human being, that you eat healthily for the baby and you nurture yourself for the baby. One of those things included me doing my yoga practice now for him and rather than placing the importance on the potentially strenuous physicality of yoga. I did it to internalize, connect, and feel peace. This included even just finding a quiet place to close my eyes, follow my breath, and do small and subtle physical movements throughout the week. When my mind was quiet, I could really listen to any of the needs of my pregnancy. And that was from Mabella, mother of Otis. I just thought it was beautiful because she really embraced that the practice, again, wasn't just for her. It was her roommate, her her baby, who she was sharing her body with. And that helped her decide what to do. So if you're listening to this and you're freaking out, you're like, my God, what can I still do? I have some tips. So I absolutely think cardio is great. I say keep walking, keep swimming. I liked the stair climber, the one that actually looked like a staircase. Um, Just make sure you stretch after. If you are doing weight training, do it mindfully in terms of asana. I would work with a teacher who is certified and educated in prenatal because most two or even 500-hour trainings, there's not that much meat to the prenatal part. And even advanced teachers and other types of yoga, and I love the style I I practice a lot, which is Iyengar, but I look at what they offer the pregnant women, and personally, I don't agree with it. They do a lot of inversions, they do a lot of pagmasana, and that could be really tightening for the hips and keep focusing on that external rotation. I always go back to what's the intention, and is this going to help or hinder mom's birth and pregnancy? And then lastly, 
check in. If you're unsure about the state of your body, like is my pelvic floor super tight? I don't know. Or my abs starting to separate? Check in with either a physical therapist or a chiropractor who specialized in working with the women's health issues and the pregnant body. So I'm going to step off my soapbox and I hope that this maybe clarified things or inspired you to look at your yoga practice or your uh, your cardio routine or your weight routine in a different way. And thanks again. I really appreciate it. If you've liked our podcast on Yoga Birth Baby, please go to iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a rating. And also, if you haven't connected with us on our newsletter, feel free to jump on Prenatal Yoga Center, join our newsletter, and you actually get the, I think it's a four-minute a video of how to appropriately use your transverse abdominals in preparation for pushing. So now I'm going to sign off um, from the noisy Upper West Side. Thanks for uh, tolerating the buses in the background on our crowded 72nd Street. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.